certain meditations and things to be had in remembrance and well considered by every christian before he receive the sacrament of the body and blood of christ compiled by thomas broke first it is to be noted that all sacraments as well of the old law as also of the new law were instituted and ordained of god to put us in remembrance of his most loving benefits and most merciful kindness showed and done unto us which benefits these sacraments through god's word to offer unto our minds and not to our senses and we receive the said benefits by faith into our souls and not with our senses into our bodies sacraments be of such conditions and nature that they have in them two things to be considered the one is an outward visible thing which pertaineth unto the bodily senses and is also received thereby the other thing is not perceived nor received with any bodily senses but as a pure and mere spiritual thing a benefit done by god unto man pertaining only unto the soul which spiritual benefit is given and done by god unto man because it should be had and retained in continual memory of the christian man these outward and sensible things were instituted and ordained to signify and represent the same having in nature a property and condition somewhat confirmable and like to express and represent the thing which they declare and signify as bread hath a natural property to feed comfort and sustain the natural body so christ's body betrayed and his blood shed for the remission of our sins feedeth comforteth and sustaineth the soul of the christian man brought into great fear and sorrow with the sight of the multitude and grievousness of his sins which hungereth and earnestly thirsteth for the justice of god and remission of his said sins and if these things be well noted and pondered it will cause to cease contention moved about the manner of receiving of the sacrament for all christian men must condescend and agree that every faithful christian through god's word in the sacrament duly to him exhibited and ministered doth eat and receive by faith in god's promise christ's flesh and drinketh his blood so that the thing is not in contention whether we eat christ's flesh or drink his blood or no in the sacrament but the form and manner of eating christ's flesh and drinking his blood is in contention for some of the clergy strive stoutly and teach ungodly that we should eat and receive christ's natural body with our teeth drink and swallow his blood with our mouth and throat affirming very grossly christ's natural body so to be naturally really and bodily present in the sacrament thereof and that every man which receiveth the sacrament receiveth also the natural body of christ be he never so wicked and unfaithful another sort of teachers preach the receiving of the sacrament with our mouth and chewing it with our teeth we eat not nor receive christ's natural body and drinking and receiving the wine with our lips and throat we drink not christ's blood except we faithfully and constantly believe christ's body to be betrayed for us and his blood to be shed for the remission of our sins for the mouth say they receiveth not nor tasteth any other thing than bread and wine but christ's body slain and his blood shed for the remission of our sins which is the spiritual gift and grace of god given to us in the sacrament the soul eateth and receiveth by faith to his great spiritual comfort commodity and profit and the mouth cannot receive nor taste it for confirmation whereof they say that man consisteth and is made of a body and of a soul the body is a natural and a material substance which is fed with natural and corporal sustenance and nourishment
and the soul of man which we call the spirit and mind is a spiritual substance which cannot eat nor receive any bodily meat and sustenance for the soul being a spiritual substance hath no teeth mouth nor stomach to receive or digest any such bodily sustenance for that which entereth into the mouth defileth not the soul which is in the inward man saith christ so in likewise that which entereth into the mouth profiteth not the soul being the inward man which cannot receive it so that the sacrament which the ungodly say by virtue of god's word spoken by the priest is turned into the natural real and corporal body of christ's natural substance leaving the nature of bread is yet such a natural substance that cannot enter into the spiritual soul by bodily eating and receiving therefore with the mouth for our soul is nourished fed and liveth by the spirit of christ and not by the bodily eating of his body with our teeth for in the manner of eating with the teeth christ's flesh profiteth not saith christ it is his holy spirit that quickeneth and maketh us alive for spirit liveth not but by the spirit of christ for whosoever hath the spirit of christ the same is christ's saith paul and as touching this bodily eating of christ's body with the teeth of men it differeth not from the fond and ungodly opinion of the copernians rehearsed in the sixth of john which hearing christ say i am the bread of life and the bread which i will give you is my flesh and further he said except you eat my flesh and drink my blood you shall not have life in you they said this word and saying is very hard who can hear him how can he give us his flesh to eat for they thought that he would have given unto them purslus and gobbets of his natural and bodily flesh to eat with their teeth and to have let out part of his natural blood for them to drink even like as some of our clergy grossly and no less fondly imagine and without any fear of god or worldly shame preach the same and although christ lovingly minding and willing to teach them the profitable and spiritual eating and drinking of his flesh and blood said do these my words offend you what and if you shall see the son of man ascend where he was before the spirit quickeneth the flesh profiteth not yet this his answer did nothing teach them the godly and spiritual eating and drinking of his natural flesh and blood because as christ said there were some of them which did not believe so that without true belief no man can eat christ's flesh and drink his blood and then he eateth and drinketh it spiritually to his godly prophet also if the sacrament be turned into christ's natural and real body as the most part of our clergy untruly do preach and teach then it were also reason that the same natural and real body should also be received and perceived with our senses for christ's natural body although it be now glorified and immortal yet it is not so spiritual that it is invisible and that proved christ when after his resurrection he appeared unto his disciples saying feel and see a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have wherefore doubtless if his real and natural body were corporally present in the sacrament it should be both felt and seen because seeing and feeling be two natural properties declared by christ whereby a natural body is perceived and known to be visible and to occupy space for as saint augustine saith to dardanum that doubtless christ's natural body is in heaven for saith he take from bodies the room and space of places and they shall be nowhere and if they be nowhere 
then they shall not be. Wherefore, if his natural body were in the sacrament, it must needs occupy room and space in the sacrament, even as well as it doth in heaven, or as well as any other natural substance occupieth place. And then Christ's body being and occupying place in heaven cannot also in one time occupy place in the sacrament. For his natural body cannot occupy two places both at one time. For Christ is like unto us, his reasonable creatures in all things, except only in sin. But our bodies, after our resurrection, shall be visible. Wherefore, doubtless, Christ's body shall also be visible, wheresoever it be present. Or else he hath no natural body but a shadow, or fantastical body, which is Marcion's heresy. Christ also saith, You shall have poor folks always with you, but me you shall not always have with you. Also Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, that he should go to his father, how shall he go to his father except in his humanity, whichever was present with his father in his Godhead? Also St. Peter in the Acts saith, Repent and turn you, that your sins may be done away, that when the time of rest shall come from the sight of the Lord, and he shall send him which is preached unto you, Jesus Christ, whom the heavens must receive, until all things which were spoken by the mouth of the prophets be fulfilled. Also Paul saith, As often as we shall eat of the bread and drink of the cup, we shall show the death of the Lord until he come, which words, until he come, declare to be spoken of one that is absent, and not of one that is present. Wherefore, doubtless, Christ's natural body is absent in heaven, and not present in a corporal sense in the sacrament of the altar, which is no discomfort nor hurry to us, that his natural body is present in heaven. For as the sun in summer, when he is the most highest and distant from us, worketh in the earth most effectuously, and yieldeth his virtue most fervently and abundantly upon all earthly things, so in likewise Christ's natural body, although he be in heaven most distant from us, yet notwithstanding he worketh in his people most effectuously, and giveth his grace most abundantly to us, as he himself witnesseth to his apostles, saying, it is expedient and necessary that I go from you to my Father. For if I should not go to my Father, the Holy Ghost should not be sent to you. Therefore, seeing that so many holy scriptures witness that Christ's natural body is in heaven, and also that it is no discommodity nor hurt to us that it so be, I trust every good Christian man will hold him content and satisfied. And on the other party... If we should grant Christ's natural body were so present in the sacrament that the bread were changed into his natural body and the wine into his natural blood, leavening the nature of bread, then both the godly and wicked, the faithful and also the unfaithful, should eat Christ's natural body and drink his natural blood, which is against all the ancient writers, that make a diversity betwixt the eating of the sacrament and the receiving of the thing represented by the sacrament. The godly and the ungodly receiveth the sacrament, say they, but the thing represented in and by the sacrament, which is Christ's body broken and his blood shed out for the remission of our sins, no man can eat except the faithful by faith. Also Christ saith that he is the bread of life which came from heaven. If a man eat of that bread, he shall live everlastingly. And he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life which words cannot be verified nor truly spoken of the eating of the sacrament for many eat that to their eternal damnation by christ's words of his promises made unto us 
they could not do if the bread were changed into Christ's natural body. Also, if the bread and wine be not changed into Christ's natural body and blood by the word, as indeed they be not, but the substances remain in their nature, yet if we, hearing the promises of God declared unto us that his body was betrayed for us and his blood shed for the remission of our sins, believe the same and receive the sacrament, we then eat Christ's natural body and blood in spirit and faith to our everlasting life, although we believe not any manner of transubstantiation of the bread into Christ's natural body and the wine into Christ's natural blood. But by such transubstantiation the receiver of the sacrament should also receive Christ's body and blood. If the bread and wine were changed into Christ's natural body and blood, and then, as I have said, the most wicked infidels might, eating the sacrament, eat also Christ's flesh and drink his blood, which is not only against the saying of the blessed martyrs, Cyprian, Hilarius, and St. Augustine, but also against the saying of Christ, which saith, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, he dwelleth in me and I in him, which no unfaithful can do. For as Christ saith, the servant dwelleth not in the house for ever. Therefore the faithful believer in Christ is sure to eat Christ's flesh and drink his blood to his eternal healthful, although he never believe any such gross transubstantiation. And the unfaithful can never eat his flesh, as St. Augustine saith, He which eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, he dwelleth in me and I in him. This, therefore, is to eat that bread and drink that drink, to dwell in Christ and to have Christ dwelling in him. And therefore he which dwelleth not in Christ, and in whom Christ dwelleth not, doubtless eateth not Christ's flesh, nor drinketh his blood, although to his judgment he eat the sacrament of so great a thing. Also the same doctor, St. Augustine, again saith, Truly this bread requireth the hunger of the inward man. For blessed be they which hunger and thirst for righteousness, verily to believe in him, that is, to eat the living bread. He which believeth in him eateth invisibly, and is filled, because he is invisibly born again. Wherefore, doubtless, the spiritual eating of Christ's body, which is to believe in him, is only the godly eating of Christ's flesh, flesh and drinking his blood, and not this outward bodily eating with their teeth, fain they never so craftily. This false transubstantiation, which repugneth against all the ancient writers, and also against the holy scriptures, which be declared by the mouth of Paul, saying, I will not, brethren, that ye be ignorant, that all our fathers were under a cloud, and all passed the sea, and all were baptized in Moses, and in the cloud, and in the sea, and all did eat one spiritual meat, and all drank one spiritual drink. They drank of the spiritual rock which followed them. The rock truly was Christ. And if our fathers, before Christ's incarnation, and we that believe now, do eat one spiritual meat, and drink one spiritual drink, but our fathers did not eat Christ's natural and real body, nor drink his real blood, which two thousand years after was not incarnated, nor had any natural body. Therefore we do not now eat his real body in his bodily presence in the sacrament, as these by their transubstantiation pretend. For we eat the same that our fathers did eat, which eating was by faith. Ergo, even, so must we eat by faith Christ's flesh and drink his blood in the sacrament, and not with our teeth really, if we will be saved by the eating of Christ's flesh and drinking his blood as they were. All the ancient writers write and teach that we eat Christ's body and drink his blood in the sacrament in a mystery, that is, in a similitude, which cannot be esteemed really, for they be contraries. For to eat a real thing 
is with the mouth to eat naturally the substance but all mysteries be received and eaten with the mind and not by any bodily means and therefore the sacrament is called of most ancient writers panis mysticus a mystical bread which was ordained to feed and comfort the souls and not for the body chrysostom saith that christ gave us no sensible things but rather insensible things and those things which were insensible or spiritual things st ambrose upon the eleventh chapter of the first to the corinthians speaking to them which should receive the sacrament saith that they should judge with themselves that it is the lord whose blood they drink in a mystery which blood is a witness of the benefits of god also in his book of the sacraments he saith because we be delivered by the death of the lord we remembering the same in eating and drinking do signify the death of the lord also eusebius saith because he would take away his body out of our sight and carry it above the stars it was necessary that in this tune he should consecrate for us the sacrament of his body and blood that it might be worshipped in a mystery which was offered for our price also chrysostom saith if it be so perilous to occupy the hallowed vessels unto a private use in whom christ's very true blood is not but the mystery of his body is contained how much more ought we not to give the vessels of our bodies to the devil that he may do in them what he will also st augustine saith you shall not eat this body which you see nor drink the blood that they shall shed which will crucify me i have commended unto you a sacrament spiritually understanded which shall quicken you and although it be necessary to be celebrated and done visibly yet it must be spiritually understanded wherefore doubtless there is no such fond transubstantiation as our clergy which cannot understand and perceive the godly and spiritual eating of christ's flesh have grossly imagined but the godly and profitable eating is by faith as i have declared wherein there is not required any transubstantiation but in this transubstantiation satan hath brought his wicked will and purpose to pass which is that there was never so godly a thing by god ordained for man which the devil hath not other obscured or made dark the same by changing the right use thereof into an abuse or taking away the virtue commodity and profit of the thing leaving the name in estimation or else perverting the thing which was ordained of god to be most godly and profitable to man that through the abuse thereof it is become most wicked and damnable to man as for a lamentable example of this beggary and anti-christian transubstantiation it is to manifest wherein some of our clergy have most wickedly and blindly taught the people of this realm that they should believe that in that they receive the sacrament that they without any doubt did eat christ's flesh and drink his blood because by virtue of the word spoken by the priest the bread is changed into christ's natural flesh and blood wherefore receiving and eating the bread they should eat christ's flesh and blood which they did nothing less and so were led with a false and feigned faith to trust to have by eating the sacrament eternal life even for the work's sake or because they eat it with their teeth which only did not profit them but also was their utter damnation because they received it without faith now christian reader i trust thou perceivest that in every sacrament there be two things to be considered the one is the visible substance which is offered to the senses and by and with the senses we may receive and use the commodity of it the other is the invisible grace the liberal gift of god 
which by the visible substance and promise of God, unto the same jointly pronounced, is represented and given to all them that faithfully and constantly believe the same promise. This spiritual gift of God is Christ's body broken, and his blood shed for the remission of our sins, which spiritual gift, because it is given to us by God's liberal promises, it cannot be otherwise received, but of a spiritual heart, and that through and by faith only. In the same promise, such faithful believers doubtless do eat Christ's flesh and drink his blood in spirit and truth, that is to say, receive all the commodity and profit of all Christ's passion, death, resurrection, and ascension, which is remission of sins and eternal life. In the receiving of this sacrament, we profess not only to be faithful warriors against the devil, the world, and the flesh, but also to be lively members of Christ's mystical body, whereof Christ is head. Wherefore, above all things, we must be circumspect and well aware that we defile not ourselves with any filthy lusts and sins whereby we should become unhealthy, crooked, and rotten, member whereof our head Jesus Christ should not rejoice, but rather be ashamed, and so worthy to be cut off from the body. And then, even as the branch of the tree, when it is cut off from the tree, receiveth nor taketh any more sap, juice, or natural moistness of the tree, and therefore withereth, drieth, and become dead, apt only for the fire. In like manner, if we throw our obstinate perseverance in sin, be divided from God, as the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah saith, and be no mystical member of Christ's church, his mystical body, then can we receive no more favour, grace, nor life from Christ, but shall wither die and be apt only for the hellfire, until it pleaseth God of mere mercy and grace, even as it were by his grace and infinite power, and no less by his miracles, contrary to our nature, to graft us newly into Christ's mystical body, and endow us with his new and heavenly spirit. Of the other part, if we be faithful warriors of Christ, and strive constantly against the devil, the world, and the flesh, and believe faithfully that by and through Christ we shall overcome the same, we shall doubtless be accepted and reputed and taken before God as his natural members, even flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones, such as he cannot but love, cherish, and favour, for who did ever hate his own flesh, but did nourish and cherish it, saith Paul? Seeing, then, that we be his natural members, even flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones, as sin, hell, and death could not prevail against Christ, so can they not prevail against us, nor withhold us from Christ, for we be one with Christ, and we must needs be where he is, according to the prayer of Christ in the seventeenth of John, saying, Holy Father, keep them in thy name, whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, as we be. Father, whom thou hast given to me, I will, where I am, that they be with me, that is, to be in heaven, and to have eternal life, as Christ there saith, Father, the hour cometh, clarify thy Son, that thy Son may clarify them, as thou hast given to him power over all flesh, that all that thou hast given to him, he may give to them eternal life. If we be one with our head, Christ and in heaven with him to whom also he hath given eternal life, how can sin, hell, or death prevail against us, his lively members? Doubtless it is impossible. Wherefore, let our earnest study, prayer, and labor be above all things to keep us in his mystical body, that we may be lively members of the same, according as we profess us to be, by this holy communion in this blessed sacrament of his body and blood. 
yea most diligently and circumspectly beware what thou dost look that thou dissemble not nor lie to the holy ghost there can be no greater shame nor offence for them than to profess before thy friends and the whole congregation with thy mouth countenance and behaviour to be a faithful christian and utterly to deny the same in thy heart words and deeds and although thou canst thus colourably dissemble and falsely deceive the christian congregation yet canst you never deceive christ which knoweth the inward and secret thoughts and feigned imaginations of thy heart therefore i counsel the christian reader that thou justly truly and diligently examine thy life and consider well with thyself whether thou be a constant warrior against sin prove whether thou purpose earnestly and constantly so to continue unto the death and also whether thou have unity peace and hearty unfeigned love towards all the congregation which is most manifestly expressed and signified by this sacrament of christ's body and blood and then last try thyself whether thou believe faithfully to have remission of thy sins and eternal life through christ's passion and death only and not by any other merits of saints prayers or holy works of thy own or of any creature living or dead if thou be fully persuaded and determined in all these things before written then mayest thou boldly come to this holy table and to confirm thy faith receive this holy sacrament of christ's body and blood for an earnest pledge of eternal life which grant thee that dearly bought thee to reign with him in eternal glory end of certain meditations and things to be had in remembrance and well considered by every christian before he received the sacrament of the body and blood of christ compiled by thomas broke